Well, hello, and thanks for coming, America. My name's Seth. What's yours? Hey, it's Jamal. Did Stoney not get on the call this morning? I guess not. Let's get him on the line. Stoney, are you there? Why didn't you get on the call this morning? We have to record our Drag Race podcast. <laughs> Actually, I'm sick. I can't report, record the podcast. Boo, you whore. Hold on. Someone's on my other line. Hey, Seth. I am so excited to record this podcast with you this week. Oh, yeah, us too. Let me put you on a hold real quick while I get Jamal and Stoney on the phone. Oh my God, who invited Will to be on this week's podcast? They already call into the show too much. What? Um, hold on. Ugh, they are such a fugly slut. Uh, yeah, I'm still on the line. Oh, uh, one moment. Let me get them on the line for real. Oh my gosh, you guys, Will is on the other line, and I guess someone told them they are recording with us this week. Oh yeah, didn't I tell you that? Definitely not. I'm writing about this in my burn book. Ugh, well, I guess we should get started since they're already on the line. Oh my god, Will, we are so excited to record with you today. Do you want to get started? Ugh, whatever. Hi. Thanks for coming. Hey girl. Thanks for coming. Oh, well, hello and thanks for coming, everyone. My name is Seth. What's yours? Hey, it's Jamal. Hi, it's Stoney. And our special guest, the Will Jameson. Oh my gosh. Hi, Will. Thanks for coming on for real. Sorry we had to shade you in the rusical. Uh, <laughs> It was still a much better acting challenge than the one we saw this week on television. Ooh. It really was, though. We had to bring a little piece of the uh, episode into our podcast this week. And we hope yes. you enjoy our, um, our uh, what would we call our parody? Mean I Girl? Mean, Is it a Mean Girls? Would it be like Shady Queens? Mean Gays? Mean <laughs> oh, yeah. Gays. Oh, my mean God. Gays. <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't seen that Rusical yet, the mean gays Rusical. <laughs> yeah, why hasn't that happened yet? <laughs> <laughs> that oh is my gosh. odd, but we are so excited to have Will here, of course. Um, they are family, um, artists of our logos, and all around great time on the podcast. Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. thank you. Welcome to the show. How's everybody doing? Is everyone copacetic? It's a gorgeous day here in Indianapolis. I got some chores done. So you know what? I can't complain. No complaints here. I went on a bike ride this morning. It's Easter Sunday. I don't know what that means, but it is. Oh, today's Easter? <laughs> it's been Easter for like a week, I thought. How many days is Easter? <laughs> I have no idea. I, I thought know. it was just one. 39 oh. days. <laughs> yeah. maybe that's well, survivor. I mean, if you're I gay, know. it is like a week-long circuit party. But due to COVID, <laughs> it's just been a Zoom call. Damn. It's well, whatever. Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> um, I have had the week off of work, so I've had a really good time relaxing. And I watched the uh, whole series of It's a Sin, which I loved. And 
I need desperately need people to talk to you about. So if anyone wants to chit chat, hit me up. <laughs> I mean, all um, the buzz about it. I'm probably definitely going to have to start it soon. Yes. I'll just give you one clue. La. You'll understand later. Okay. Yes. We? <laughs> you will. <laughs> if you watch that a was show. so random. What does that even mean? I know. I'm like, do I write that in my notes? <laughs> yes, girl. If you watch a show, you'll get it. Okay. Okay. Now you have to. You're legally obligated. <laughs> What about you, Will? What's been going on with you? Um, what has been going on with me? Um, oh my gosh, so much drawing, um, which is a good problem to have. Um, I well, I guess I'll, I can announce it here um, unofficially. Yes. Been, yeah, I've been working on a webcomic um, with a very close friend. The goal is to put it on Webtoons, which is like this online publishing platform, maybe by the end of the year. So it has been so much fun but like weirdly overwhelming to dive into this like completely new format and like world of online web comics um oh that's so exciting yes so yeah everyone listen to this episode once again maybe you're on like november december time and <laughs> i will deliver i swear <laughs> well of course we'll put you all over our socials if you don't follow um will on instagram so many um, little samples of the artwork they do there I am so bad at social media these days, but Will's profile is one I seek out just to kind of see what they're up to. So um, <laughs> you won't be disappointed, I'm sure, listeners. Yes, and you can find the links in the show description in whatever podcast application you're looking for if you'd like to go check out Will. It's very cool. And, and you've been doing like other cool things like you've illustrated apps and other things like uh, for companies. Yeah. Okay. So I have um, I've done illustrations for two mobile games now, both of which you can find through the link in my bio. Um, one of them is for free. One of them is, I think, like $4 maybe. Okay. Um, but it's so cool. It's this sort of, I've made these sort of like chapter illustrations for this like choose your own adventure type of like mobile app. Um, it's mostly text-based, but you get to see my lovely art on it. Um, and it's just a great way to entertain yourself during quarantine. So please check it out. Cool. Yes. Absolutely. Nice. Yes. Will's been very busy, you all. So there's lots of new things to check out. Booked and busy. <laughs> yes, girl. Um, so uh, if you listened to last week's podcast, we told you that we were going to have like a little discussion about Lil Nas X's new music video for Montero, Call Me By Your Name, because this is an unofficial Call Me By Your Name podcast. And what better <laughs> guest to have for our unofficial Call Me By Your Name podcast than Will? <laughs> This is a pro Call Me By Your Name podcast, a very anti-Army Hammer podcast. Yeah. Well, yeah. Shade rattle. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, this music video is just so much fun. And I just uh, I really like Lil Nas X. And it's just really funny because, um, you know, all the imagery is like basically everything the public like tells you as you're growing up as a queer person. Mm -hmm. And then the way it plays out is like very much like, you know, how, how it feels to be having that experience. And then of course, you know, the music video comes out and there's all sorts of controversy around it because yeah. of what it's being shown, because it's accurate, like the music video is portraying basically what all the conservatives tell you and then they're mad about it. 
it's like but yeah, yeah. what has happened here and that what I'm living for is little Nas X is um I know it's Lil Nas X. I like calling him little Nas X. It's more fun. Wow, um, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so they're taking control of the narrative here. Um, the story, just like Seth was explaining, like these are all the things we're told while we're still in the closet or we're out. You know, if you do these things, you're going to hell and blah, 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 and this and this and this. And Lil Nas X is one king of the internet and then two well sure okay i'm gonna go to hell but i'll just go ahead and take um satan's job while i'm at it while looking fierce on this i don't even know how long that stripper pole was <laughs> but woo <laughs> yeah i mean if you're gonna go to hell like you might as well be the hbic amen <laughs> yeah this like this video was so awesome i love that little Nas x just kind of took control of the narrative and said you know, this is what like conservatives say about gay people. And I'm literally just going to strip down or, you know, go down the stripper pole and like literally just kill the um, Satan with my like uh, the leader of the underworld. Yeah. With my boots and just <laughs> grind him to death. Basically, <laughs> yes, these laid edges, these heels and this this ass in your face. <laughs> but like I, I love Lil Nas X. Like I've actually I mean, I've been a fan of his since, like, obviously the Old Town Road. But, like, if you know anything about him, like, he's super um, active on, like, TikTok and, like, Twitter. And he's, like, the king of the internet. And, like, I forget, it was, like, a couple of months ago or something. Like, he actually posted his life story on TikTok. And it was, like, in parts. And he talked a lot about, like, he tried to commit suicide because of, like, being gay and, like dealing with all of like the issues in his life and like he's struggled with his sexuality and like I thought it was amazing that he did this video because for him I'm sure it was very like you know it was it was a big thing for him to kind of just come out with this art and say this is how I feel about like his the people coming after him and just people like the naysayers and the conservatives and all that so I don't know I was really proud to see that he did this and I thought it was a cool video. I like the message behind it too. It's just because everything Stoney has said and he's such a huge advocate for people just being their true selves. And this is no different, Montero. He's just like, hey, I was afraid to be this gay, but it's okay because it helps other people and you know makes us a little more comfortable in the world we also live in. Yes, because representation matters. Mm-hmm. And... I thought it was so funny on SNL. Uh, we watched a clip, of course, um, and they were like, well, you know, he's part of the hip hop community and the country community, and both of them are likely to have guns. <laughs> and it's like, yo, that's funny, but it's so true because it's like, oh, you're not hard enough or I'll shoot your gay ass, you know, or something stupid that we hear all the time across the and interwebs. This meme has been going around on Twitter forever, but it was like, Nas from your generation the Nas from my generation it like shows like Lil Nas X like you know just like wearing something like super fun like on an award show and then yeah. it shows like Lil Nas or it shows Nas just like you Probably know smoking a cigar yeah and it's just like on. that is like so homophobic and like so annoying that people post that shit on the internet like it just bothers me they have too much time on their hands. And I, I liked his shade he threw back. He was like, watch when they realize that Nas and I have a song together. Like, read the people. <laughs> 
Absolutely. Um, and I kind of like to add on to that. Um, there's this tweet online I said uh, that I saw that said, um, what if instead of being angry at a gay musician, we got mad at our own systems that made a gay musician feel like hell was a better place to be than the church? Like this, Ooh. this music video is absolutely calling out um, a lot of conservative and uh, Christian communities who have consistently dehumanized gay and trans people. Um, and those groups definitely need to take a good, hard look at how their words and actions are actually affecting people. Um, yes, yes. I, I took a lot of notes on this. Um, and, and another thing <laughs> no, I wanted please to add. Share. Um, another thing I wanted to add is that I. I adore how Lil Nas has been making a lot of his own meme content based on the music video and the song. Um, <laughs> he's been reposting a lot of stuff on TikTok. He um, has been trolling a lot of opponents on Twitter. <laughs> he's just, he's naturally funny and he yeah. doesn't have to overthink his content. It just, it feels very spur of the moment um and it's mm -hmm. hysterical oh my gosh that's why he's kind of earned this title like the king of the internet because it's so effortless for them and it's really makes marketing easy and fruitful because what do they tell you working in marketing public relations be personal and he's just being himself and the people love it yeah and it, it also annoys me that like because the argument like for some of the parents and like the conservatives are like well my kid loved Old Town Road and now you're like promoting Satan to them. And it's like, <laughs> first of all, like, no, like Little Nas X never said it was a kid's song. Like there's actually quite a bit of lyrics in that song that are very inappropriate for children. Like if you actually know the context behind it. So it's not his fault that a bunch of kids like the song. Like it's a good catchy song and it's fun for kids. Like just you know the sound of it but like right that's not his fault that you're like the parents have a responsibility here to monitor and like not expose them to certain things if they don't think it's appropriate like it's not little Nas's ex job Ooh, you better read stony that's absolutely <laughs> right like turn on the parental controls karen it's easy yeah like, seriously like if you don't like the music video don't watch it like you're you're like Criticism is only just fueling the narrative and like making Lil Nas more money and notoriety. Mm -hmm. um, and also like, it, like what this kid's gonna watch like a gay black uh, performer like accepting himself and like, yeah, finding some some unconditional support. And like, that's fantastic. You don't want mm -hmm. your kid to see that? Okay. Right. For you. And he right. kills Satan at the end anyway. So it's like, I don't know why we're so mad about it. Like, it's not like you know, like he killed the bad guy. So <laughs> yeah. But also too, like a part of the music video that I thought was really interesting and such a good message is um is because this is like call me by your name so like the in the movie the whole thing is like call me by your name and i'll call you by mine mm -hmm. it's just basically like a way to show that like you know like you basically love each other and things like that and so i thought it was interesting then that he actually names the music video montero which is his actual name so he's basically saying like you know like he's like finally he loves himself yeah and i thought that was really interesting Oh, I like that little nugget. I know that um, Lil Nas is a fan of the movie, of course. They talk about that being huge inspiration for it. But oh my gosh, I didn't make that connection. 
Yes, it's so cute. And then another thing that I thought was really interesting from the video is sort of like in the middle where they have like Lil Nas X like um, in chains, like in the gladiator arena, um, because like he's wearing pink, which is like, I guess, um, in our heteronormative society labeled as a girl color. And then gender the reveal. <laughs> yes. And then the other people that have him like, you know, in chains are um, in blue outfits, which is like, you know, which is like a, a a male color according to society mm -hmm. so to me that just wonder that i wonder if that's more of like him like uh struggling with like his own gender gender identity i think it's a little bit of that and also if you notice the audience is stone which they pointed out in the read it's like the people in the audience are stone themselves throwing stones at Lil Nas X. It's like, hey, you can't really talk shit about me when, hey, look at you. It's sort of imprisoned by masculinity or like the expectations he has like as, as a male in terms of gender like performance because he has some wonderful outfits, but he's also been, been called out on Twitter by a lot of nasty people for being authentic and for yep. embracing his feminine side. Mm-hmm. And think about history, people. Um, all of your presidents and founders loved to wear a fierce wig and a heel back in the day. They had full face beats on, <laughs> Roosh included, um, read books. And I, I, my mind went there immediately in that scene with the chains because the people in blue had these fierce, fierce, tall wigs and garments on. But it's very much that kind of struggle finding like who you are. And am I male, female, non-binary? It's like... It's all part of the steep web us queers are familiar with. <laughs> yeah. And also struggling to break out, you know, like to come out of the closet, basically, you know, he's, yes. you know, the chains are sort of like being kept in the closet and then to break free finally. And, and, you know, he, once he breaks free, then it's like, oh, well now he's gay. So he has to go to hell because gays go to hell. Cause that's what the religious people tell us and conservative mm -hmm. people tell us. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. I just thought there was lots of really great imagery and lots of, uh, which provides lots of thought-provoking questions about religion and society, sexuality, gender. It just was, um, it was a lot and it was really good. The song itself is really catchy too. <laughs> it's super catchy. I, well, you all know this about me listeners. If I love a song, it's on repeat for like a long time. I don't care if it's just playing, playing, playing. That's been me all week. And since I've heard and seen the video. And I love all the little memes of like, uh, like that people are posting like where, where like Lil Nas X comes down the pole like by wherever they are <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh I've seen this that all over laugh. TikTok um but no I've been listening to the song repeat all week too um and another thing I wanted to bring up like a lot of the response to Montero call me by your name has resembled kind of the response to WAP from a few months ago um and I can kind of see this parallel in terms of like artists on both songs kind of reclaiming certain ideas on their own terms. Like in, case, mm -hmm. in the case of WAP, it's like female sexuality. In the case of this, it's sort of like this hellish imagery that's been used as a weapon against gay people historically, um, mm -hmm. which is it's just, it's interesting, I think. Um, yeah, that's, a, that's a good connection. It's definitely, yeah, that's such a good point. And it's like, they're using like, <laughs> it's just funny because there's outrage for using the own it, it there's outrage for using what's been used against you 
Like, you know what I mean? Like you've said all these things about me and yet you're still outraged because I've just repeated what you've said that I am. It's just Mm -hmm. like crazy to me. (laughs) Yeah. It's just really hypocritical too. And and, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I feel like these conservative people just want to be mad at everything that doesn't look like them. Yeah. It's not in their rule book. So it's a problem. And if you notice, too, like both music videos are by black people. So, of course, you know, I'm sure the conservative people don't like that part of it either. <laughs> yes. Very like, triggered. It makes me wonder because um, Brandon Yuri of Panic at the Disco a few years ago, he made a music video and song called The Emperor's New Clothes. And the music video is him literally turning into like the devil um i i wasn't following his music at the time when it came out but i wonder did it get as much of a backlash as Lil nas is getting or is it because Lil nas is so unapologetically black and gay that that's also kind of fueling some of this misplaced criticism Mm. no i i think it has everything to do with that to be honest like i mean think about like somebody posted this on Twitter. It's like ACDC highway to hell. Like that's like the straight man's mantra. Like if you're like 40, 45 years old, you probably like grew up listening to that. Where's the outrage of highway to hell. There is none because it's a straight white cis male. Like that's, I mean, it is what it is. Right. So tons of rock music (laughs) referencing going to hell. Right. Yeah. So I, I, uh, I don't know. I just really, appreciate Lil Nas for this video for the song for the reference to call me by your name and of course I just am so excited for there to be more representation for black queer kids out there that you know you can be like one of the biggest rappers like and and be yourself that's right I mean yeah very cool oh I was gonna say not only just like the biggest rapper just one of the biggest musicians and celebrities currently like this song is like everywhere and dominating all sorts of charts. Um, And one other thing I did want to add, uh, Lil Nas posted a video to his YouTube page probably about a week ago now, but it's, I think the title is POV, you're in the bathroom right next to Lil Nas giving (laughs) Satan a lap dance. And the entire video is just like, one long shot of like a like a bathroom (laughs) stall and in like dark red lighting and you can kind of sort of hear the song like in the background like it's from the next room over and it's so weird and so funny so please look that up oh yeah (laughs) seth shared that with us i got all of my cackles (laughs) from that (laughs) yeah that's that just makes me love lil nas x more like that he's just so like cognizant of that and of like and and doesn't take himself too seriously Mm mm-hmm So, all right, you all. So that is our little discussion about Call Me By Your Name, otherwise known as Montero by uh, Lil Nas X. So so we'll go ahead and switch into our honesty spill of the week where we will actually talk about RuPaul's Drag Race. (laughs) Hey, everybody. Welcome back to our honesty spill of the week where we are, of course, back, back, back again to bring you full coverage of everything that's happening this week in RuPaul's Drag Race. And girl... I don't know. It's like, honey, I wanted to shrink the episode. <laughs> Make it so small, it goes away. I was, um, well, I'm just thankful we're getting to the end of the season. But um, some of these acting challenges, um, woof. Yeah, it was, it was a little rough. I mean, I didn't hate it as bad like the first time. And then I rewatched it and I was like, wow. <laughs> 
Well, before we get too, too into it, I wanted to ask Will what you've thought of the season so far. Ooh, yeah. Okay, I, I it's been so long, <laughs> full disclosure. <laughs> like, I like, I like most of the contestants, but just this season has felt very long. We had that whole COVID documentary. We had some like extra weeks in there and I'm just, I'm kind of tired, y'all. <laughs> We're starting our fourth month of this same season. Oh my right? God. And I, <laughs> these acting challenges aren't helping. Like, I, I never like these sort of acting challenges on the show. Like the format is so, it, it, well, it's so limiting and formulaic and the queens are always stuck with these painfully unfunny lines that they have to, to deliver. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah. I just, I, I really wish the queens could like make their own content or be able to have more of a platform to show their individual individuality. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just rather rather than that, it feels like the producers just need something to fill an episode with, you know. Yes, and that's exactly why we all are kind of feeling this way. It's like, ugh, maybe this would have been fun if the season hadn't been so long. It's like, how many acting challenges are we going to see over the course of Drag Race now? I feel like we used to get more looks and design challenges and things like that. And we are missing that little piece of their individuality. Yes, girl. I mean, um, we actually did get a um, question from our friends over, uh, Lauren, over at the Beard Owl podcast. And her question was, what in the actual fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to you, sis. (laughs) I don't have an answer for that. I I wish I knew. We're trying to figure it out on this here podcast. We've been toughing it out, trying to stay excited about it, but I think we've just all, we're just officially drag race fatigued. I think we're just ready to move on. We're ready to move on from the season and get like, yeah, let's just get to a new season. Like, <laughs> I mean, give us a break for a little bit, but then we can start a new one. But like, we don't need to yes. continue season 13. So at the top of the show, uh, Utica has been put out to the pasture with her friend, Clara. Aww. Bye, um, Utica. I almost said Clara. <laughs> Bye, Clara. <laughs> well, it's like a package deal. One comes with the other. That's true. Clara is a spirit after all. <laughs> yes, girl. Um, so to start the episode, there's lots of chit chat. Um, very quickly, we get into the episode, though. No mini challenge this week. And we get right into the maxi challenge with uh, Thespian RuPaul in the workroom. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, again, we just talked about it. It was like, oh, another acting challenge. But part of me is just like, okay, let's see what the queens can deliver this time. Yes, in that like sort of Ed Hardy-esque suit. <laughs> I know, it was really busy. I'm not yeah. sure how I felt about it. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I don't know, queen. It was weird. What do you think, Will? I would, this, the suit was, it's fine. I don't, I mean, like... <sighs> I don't know. It just, I didn't feel, it felt like they were trying to force a lot of drama into this challenge when it's like, like they're doing such a weird like thing, you know, it's just, it's hard to take it seriously. So what you're telling me, what I'm, what I'm hearing here is that you did not want a mustache ride. (laughs) (laughs) I, I don't know how I feel about RuPaul with a mustache. I, I have some questions. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like Rue's being really adventurous with, like, his boy looks this season. (laughs) Oh, yeah, definitely plain. (laughs) 
Yes. Um, so for this week's maxi challenge, the girls will be acting in sci-fi box office hit. Hanny, I shrunk the queens. Ooh, we love a green screen moment. Do we though? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. How like how long did it take them to figure out this pun for a drag queen acting challenge? You know, like they're they're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel here. Oh yeah. They really are, yeah. Um, so the girls they quickly gather around the table to assign the parts. And it's relatively uh there's no relatively no conflict with the assignments here, except for Candy Muse, who has to get whichever part she wants. I mean, we've we've been doing a lot of dragging of Candy Muse <laughs> on the show, but this is just a little bratty. It's just like, okay, let's have a discussion and compromise. Yes, it's the end of the competition. Um, it came back to bite her and judging. So, um, yeah, stop being a brat, Candy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was kind of mad at Simone. I'm like, how dare you, like, give up the part? Like, yeah, fight, I was. It's like fight I, like, for yourself. Fight for it. But like, honestly, yeah, like the problem with giving Candy that part is we basically watched like a recap of uh, Untucked this season. Like it was like where Candy was just like being like this like over-the-top arrogant person during Untucked. Like, that's what we watch. We watch, like, a reenactment of it. And we know that <laughs> um, the queens kind of walk on eggshells with Candy. Like, they don't really want to say anything unless it's Untucked and she's asking them to say something and she's going to pop off anyway. But um, there was a, a lot of that going on with Simone. She's like, uh, I just... Maybe she didn't want to get into it. Maybe in her head she's thinking a lot of what we've seen or what we've been saying on the show while her and other queens are just sitting quiet on the couch. But in that moment, it's like, damn, Simone, like serve a little bit of candy and get your part. I I always wonder, like the queens almost spend too much time thinking about these roles. Like as long as you're just campy and over the top, like you're going to do well, regardless of mm-hmm. what the part is or how many lines you have, you know? Right. Yeah, that's correct. They just want to see you do something different and take the risk. They do. Uh, The queens, they do a quick read through and then decide to pick out their outfits, but they're having trouble because it's so close to the end of the competition. They don't have a lot of outfits left. And they're battling the green screen, like no green, obviously nothing that's going to conflict with that situation, which adds extra stress to those wig lines. (laughs) <laughs> which are already stressed from <laughs> some queens more than others. <laughs> um, so Simone is sort of having like, she's starting to have this meltdown. She doesn't want to disappoint her house at back home or really anybody. And she didn't get the role she wanted and she's struggling to find her outfit. And I'm like, this is like a really kind of a different side of Simone that we've seen. Yeah, it's um, it's hard to watch because uh, as a viewer, you're like, sis, you're, you've been slaying the season. You've been doing pretty good. But in this moment, they can't see that because they're just worried about how this is going to we're coming off of the roast. You know, I'm not going to be funny in this. They absolutely hated my roast. Oh, I hope I do good. Like all of this is just coming down. And you know how that mental impact and emotional impact can go. Yeah, I think Simone was just having like a meltdown and I was just like watching I'm like Simone like calm down like you've literally been the front runner like all season and like I don't know I just like I think you're just being super hard on yourself like 
I don't know. It's probably just getting towards the end and you're just like, if I fuck this up and go home, like that would suck. Like, I just think she was having a moment. <laughs> yeah. This is the cost of being perfect and doing very well when you're not, um, you can kind of pay those dues. I agree. Um, I, I just felt so bad for her watching her on this episode. She was clearly overthinking things, mm-hmm. worrying way too much. Uh, I could definitely relate, <laughs> but, um, I also wanted to bring up like Olivia and how she's too polite. Like that was kind of the vibe I got from her this episode. Like it's becoming more and more apparent that she's almost kind of shy and unwilling to really express like a wider range of emotions or opinions like that are outside of this kind of quiet, polite little box she's put herself in. Um, Mm -hmm. I can also relate to being too polite in general, but like, I just, I wanted to just, shake her a little bit like don't be afraid to show more emotions or have definitive opinions that's not bad yes you're absolutely right we want to see a range not in just you know the olivia lux we see on stage and in the acting challenge but in person and i think that's what leads to a lot of people thinking she doesn't know who she is as a queen and that she has growing to do it's like well she knows who she is she just has to kind of find a way to start that elevation uh, then the girls, they have a discussion with Scarlett Johansson about uh, some acting advice. Uh, you might know her from her most recent role as Godzilla in King Kong versus <laughs> Godzilla. She should be able to play any role, right? So she was Godzilla. Stealing roles from perfectly talented uh, giant monsters. Just the audacity. I can't believe it. Oh, She's not even dude. green. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. I was like, okay, watch. I, okay, I think she can be very good in movies. She was very funny in the SpongeBob movie from way back in the day. <laughs> but um, I just watching her and Gottmik interact, I wondered if it was going through Got like, was this filmed like it had to be filmed after ScarJo had that controversy of like, oh, I'm going to be playing a trans guy for this movie role. And then the internet had a lot of backlash and she was like, okay, now I'm not going to anymore. And I think the consensus is like, now they're retooling it or actually going to find a trans masculine actor for it. But I just, I wondered what was going through Gottmik's mind as, as he had to smile and be polite to the celebrity. Oh my gosh. I did not even clock that. I kind of like forgot about that. So I wasn't even thinking of that during this. So I'm glad that you're here to like remind us of that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. For real. Yeah. I, I don't feel like anything too groundbreaking was really said here as well. She seemed kind of like a little bit annoyed to be there as well. (laughs) okay i'm like no please continue to read that's what we love to do in this podcast but i like i guess i didn't get any of those vibes was i like in spaceland watching the stony like what was i doing actually you were she was like does anybody (laughs) else have any more questions or whatever oh my god remember we were watching it in space space land (laughs) that is totally like the um it's time to wrap up the call line like does anyone have any questions like what are the what are the takeaways that's my favorite right very very much like end of the zoom call energy i got um (laughs) i liked colin joe's kind of popping in there i feel like like, I don't know how much Scarlett Johansson watches the show, but I feel like Colin Jost has no context for any of it. And he'll just, I like the image of him walking by in the living room and just seeing a little snapshot of whatever's going on and just 
his mind is blown by because it doesn't make the show doesn't make sense sometimes it's just no. it's, it's yeah. so out of context um all right well now it's time to film the movie michelle and carson are directing uh, Olivia has lots of questions during the filming about what she should be doing and if she's doing a good job. It's hard because the judges want you to, they pick and choose who they want to push and push and push. I'm not going to say any names, but you probably know who um, current seasons and past seasons um, push them, push them until they get the line the way they want it to be. And others, they just kind of leave them out in the wind. Like, no critiques or very little, like giving them not very much to work with. So for Olivia, it's the end of the competition. So she's trying to make sure she's serving her best. But at the same time, like we were just talking about, it's like, take the risk, just go there, see if they like it. And then maybe they'll give you the note. But I'm a little conflicted here because I was just like, Olivia, do it. Like you can do it, just do it. And I'm the same way. I overthink and overprocess way too much. But in that position um you just kind of have to on the fly do it like time is money especially on a set yeah i feel like they're just kind of all like went back into their old roles like olivia's like playing the baby and then like simone's just like <laughs> factor the and then like i'm just like everyone and then candy's just being loud and it's just <laughs> like this is season 13 <laughs> <laughs> the script felt a little shady in that like it's we're all clearly aware of like how these queens act so we're just we're gonna kind of call them out on it um yep. i i felt a little like i felt kind of bad for olivia like she kept asking about all of these like character choices and what to do here and there but like <laughs> no one was paying that much attention to it like at mm-hmm. when um when the queens are climbing up this fake um um extension cord plug-in oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um their hair is like they're supposed to be climbing up from the ground their hair isn't like falling like how Ooh. it would with gravity it was just yeah. clearly like yeah. we're right side up and we're just gonna green screen and like turn the screen around later so like the they're not caring about like the tiny details i mean can i say too on that scene like rose was the only one that actually looked like she was struggling to get up the extension cord everyone else yeah like olivia was just like doing her baby walk up it i'm just like <laughs> like Stop come on like i mean i'm not an actor or anything but like let's give it a little bit more effort than like yeah listen see okay drag race we know you're listening out there so what i'm hearing is that the four of us need to come write the new challenges and we can also be continuity um editors yes and if you need an example of our work you can listen to the beginning of this episode yeah (laughs) clearly the work speaks for itself clearly (laughs) also i like the little glowing green uh outlines around everybody throughout the entire yeah (laughs) play especially olivia's hair i felt like it was just this like green aura around her (laughs) i like that we have to green screen in the runway um for this video even though like i mean how big is this set could they seriously not use the runway like we go out there for choreo practice why can't we stand there and recite our lines hit record and go home maybe they were busy <laughs> filming like the other 20 seasons that Rue was filming oh shit <laughs> oh get those secret celebrities in there yeah yeah Ooh, see, yeah, yeah. 
Oh my gosh. Another thing that was kind of interesting is that uh, the queens that comment on Rosé's journey in the competition and notice that she's finally let her guard down so that she can actually like have fun. I noticed that's something I've noticed about Rosé since the start. And I think it's why we are kind of iffy in the meet the queens about Rosé. They just very like, I'm here to do the job. I'm going to slay it. And you don't have to be in these streets telling everyone your personal business, but it's nice to see a person warm up to the room and the other cast members. You get to learn a little more about them. And yeah, it just kind of feels like, hey, we're just now getting that from Rosé. So it's refreshing and good to see. I agree. I think Rosé has felt very practiced, mm-hmm. like very like has like is almost too self-aware of the fact that like, OK, I'm going to be on reality TV here's how I come across, here's how, what I should be saying. And I just, yeah, I want a little bit more authenticity. You know, I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, yeah, I think you nope. hit the nail on the head there. We need more of like a Jan moment where it's like this bitch <laughs> wants to win so badly that she can't <laughs> like hide it. <laughs> but but also at the same time, like I feel like Rosé is not totally at fault for the way she's acting because the fans are so crazy. I don't blame her for trying to like, make sure that she's presented in a good light and not saying anything too controversial, things like that, because she does want the fans to like her. For sure. I mean, there are so many levels and layers. So, yeah, I don't know. But it was nice to see her be herself and just have a little bit more fun. And I, yeah, I like, it makes you kind of like get to know them. So you can kind of build that connection with the queen and it shows their vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And ultimately RuPaul wants to see that too. Oh, they love vulnerability. Yes, they do. (laughs) (laughs) So it's the next day in the workroom and the girls are getting ready for the runway. Um, We see a little bit more of Simone having her like mental breakdown in her talking head. She's crying and, you know, they're really laying this storyline on pretty thick with her. Especially being in the same house as um, Queen Gigi, of course. And we know how like iconic they turned out to be and Stoney and I were talking about this on the couch um on the couch like y'all are here with us um <laughs> oh in the interior illusions lounge yes, yes. there we go on the couch on the couch um, we we saw like Gigi um it's hard not to compare yourself especially when you have a sister that's been on the show and made it to the finale and you're right at the finale basically and she's like oh shit I could lose this if I don't get this right but Gigi had moments where they were not sure if they were going to turn it out either and I don't know if they stayed up all night and practiced if the bitch just knew how to backflip and heels already <laughs> but in the end, you know, you push through it and Simone is very much having this moment. She's like, oh my gosh, I'm not sure if I can do this. And I just wanted to hold her hand and give her a big hug, but my TV probably would have fell if I tried to do that. <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, they had similar trajectories really, if you think about it, because some, or Gigi like wasn't, she had like really good fashion moments, but like she had some like really bad challenges like especially comedy stuff so I don't know I feel like that's where I was like I felt bad for Simone because I'm like girl you're overthinking this because like literally you've been like one of the stars of the season like probably more so than even Gigi I can definitely see that I but I feel like the way that it was portrayed on the show like this episode we are really honing in on Simone's insecurity to the point where it felt like okay this has to get resolved and like quote unquote resolved in this episode mm-hmm. as sort of like a narrative arc for Simone, you know, like it's so blatant. Um, but I wanted to just add one more thing about 
Henny, I shrunk the drag queens before we transitioned <laughs> fully, if that's cool. Um, I, I I took notes during the episode and something. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and talk about let's talk about the scene. So I'll let we'll let we'll start the discussion. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Okay. Um, I didn't. Yeah. I, <laughs> I just tried to be prepared. <laughs> I swear. We um, appreciate it. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. So I I wrote down um, the whole scene where Gottmik is acting like she's a like character is allergic to this massive cat paw and is laughing while it tickles her. But it the the scene was weirdly sexual. <laughs> like Gottmik yeah. was acting like very horny for this massive cat paw. <laughs> And I, I didn't really want to have to watch this on my, on my television. I know I was more focused on like, um, got being silly and flopping around the floor. But when she got on her back, I was like, Oh, sis, um, pat the puss, pat the puss. I feel like (laughs) this is probably like very triggering for like the furry community or something. Uh I don't know. Well, I guess now. Oh, sound off. Yeah, he's talking. You're about, triggered. Yeah, he's talking about the actual cat paw. My slow ass. I I missed the joke. <laughs> <laughs> we got there, girl. Sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh, but yeah, I don't know. This is just so wild. I mean, I guess just to say the premise of this, Henny, I shrunk the kids or the queens. Um, have you have you seen that movie? Will I know you're a baby, so you're probably like more in the demographic for the show. <laughs> I, I'm a literal infant. Yes, um, I've seen you like, and Olivia. pieces of it. Um, I think the one of the people who wrote the movie um, actually went to my alma mater, Washington University in St. Louis. Oh, Shout out oh. to them. Um, so I've just I've seen bits and pieces. I'm I'm familiar with the concept. Um, I, I, I hope that it wasn't as pseudo-sexual as the skit turned out to be. <laughs> it was far less sexual. This was like made yeah. in the 80s or early 90s. <laughs> I think it was like a Disney movie, right? Like, uh, or maybe, maybe. not. I well, know I know they idea. have a ride. Of, they used to have a ride about Honey, I Shrunk the Kids at Disney World or Land. Okay, so it must have been. Yeah, but uh, no, I... yes. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say one question I have is I, I'm pretty sure they did a sequel to the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, right? Like, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. There's at least I think there might be even three. Well, because yeah. it's like I, Honey, I Blew Up the Kids is like the third one, I think, or maybe the second oh, one. No, no, I think that huge. might be the second one. Yeah. The baby gets huge. Why? Why don't the movies like they, the the wife should be divorcing this dad who keeps accidentally shrinking and then growing his <laughs> children like that is absolutely grounds for divorce it's non-consensual it's deeply ju- those kids are going to be in therapy for a long time i think these movies really need to deal with the terrifying reality of size changes will said leave my babies alone this is the last time well, you and your toys it's <laughs> It's the kids' fault because they got into the room and they should not have went into the room. Otherwise, yeah. they wouldn't have been shrunk. Yeah. So listen to your parents, kids. <laughs> I'm on. I'm on Will's side on this one. 
Oh my god. Why isn't like the US government getting involved in this? Like shrinking technology. Oh my god, the army would have a field day with this. <laughs> Ant-Man. Yeah, it's part of the Marvel universe. <laughs> yes. There there are definitely a few parts of my body that I would like to locally aim this beam at. <laughs> oh shit. Now that would be the game changer right there. Wait, that means Gottmik is now part of the MCU. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> um but also I thought it was really funny, like when they were so when they were walking on the floor, because they're they're trying to get to the shade button because um Candy's character has shrunk them with their toxic overhead lighting. And so mm-hmm. I I thought it was really funny when they're like, Don't do they ever clean up the workroom and you see the little Dela lipstick from when she eliminated yes. herself? I died. I I died. I was like, Yes, that's so great. Yeah, and I, I mean we have to call out to like the them falling on India Ferris breastplate. <laughs> breastplate. <laughs> I was gonna bring that up. I was genuinely surprised they can show a breastplate on like television. I don't know. I thought yeah. it would have been censored, but like good for them. I thought about yeah. that too. It's like, yep, those are some TTs. I guess this isn't the BBC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like also, I feel like what they should have done was they should have like jumped down onto India Farah's breastplate and then it should have propelled them up into the next table so mm-hmm. that they could get to the shade button. Same. That's yeah. what I thought should have happened, but I don't know. I do. Um, I was happy to see Simone did all right overall in the challenge because where Simone's um, that natural funniness comes from is when she can kind of be that character she's a little more comfortable with and it's just more of the isms and how they respond versus having to come up with content. So with I died. Factory voice. Factory, yeah. Um, especially when she threw Got Mick to the giant cat paw. Girl, bye. <laughs> I felt that. I mean, listen, that's that. I felt that as well. I probably would have had to throw the bitch too. That was really funny. And then, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I, it just seemed like a very much like a middle school play of sorts because yeah. I don't know. It just didn't feel like, I don't know, didn't feel authentic to me. <laughs> what, what about the um the shrinking of drag queens via the use of overhead lighting felt inauthentic to you, Seth. Um, well, basically, no. yeah. Where were you lost? There were. I do feel like there were a lot of plot holes in this. It script. wasn't believable. I did like when Michelle came in and mopped all the girls' stuff. Listen, that top she was wearing—that's gonna be me when I'm like an ancient queen. It's like that's my future: stealing makeup and wearing nice lace tops. <laughs> yes girl but yeah i don't know the scene was interesting then you know of course they all get revenge (laughs) like we have to talk about um olivia as ginger reading candies like it was just so funny she's like cursing up a storm i was i was living for that and also i was like so mad at olivia again because this is the range that we're looking for i don't care if you want to be like the little giggly soft sweet queen and then like this is this is where you throw in like this is what should have happened on the roast if i can form words and sentences um, <laughs> we, we want to see some kind of contrast it doesn't have to change your complete persona but if you're going to be like crazy happy and overly happy and sensitive be that but it felt kind of like one note until this moment and i was like yes yes read read and watching candy get smaller as all these bleeps are just flying across the screen and <laughs> she's got her glasses on that neck is rolling i was just so loving this from olivia 
Yeah. But also, like, in the challenge, Candy was just kind of being Candy. Yep. I yeah. I agree. I mean, there, at the one point, like, Michelle literally just was like, I want you to keep screaming again and again and again. And she just kept giving the same, like, delivery of the lines. And mm-hmm. it's like, this is... This is an insanely absurd premise. Like, why wouldn't you go all out with it? You know, you can't, like, this isn't, like, dramatic acting, you know? <laughs> right, I agree. Well, yeah, I think she forgot the, the line is why she kept having to re-say it. And then, oh. and because I think I think she was messing up the line, and that's why they keep, kept having her say it. But, like, what w- Will was saying is that, she did keep it like really flat like the performance didn't really change very much mm-hmm. and um and yeah I, I don't know i just think that i uh yeah i don't know i i i don't think candy did bad but i she was definitely not one of the better ones I mean, in the scene yeah it's the same critique that they give olivia should be given to candy because it's like they're saying Olivia look you're so so nice all the time you always have this like baby voice and you're super like pleasant where it's like Candy does the same exact thing she's loud obnoxious and just like an evil bitch and it's like (laughs) they they (laughs) seem to like give her a pass every time which they did tell her they they did tell her she was being like too much like Candy finally and finally yeah finally yeah but we'll get to the lip sync where i feel like another pass was given but we'll see <laughs> yeah i have I things to you say. really feel <laughs> i'm getting my popcorn and tea ready <laughs> yes girl uh, so another interesting thing to talk about is that um they were talking about like having representation like have you ever seen like representation of yourself on tv and the most interesting part of that to me was when Gottmik was saying that there was really no representation because like I mean there's people like Chaz Bono but Chaz is more of like a masculine guy and whereas um uh Cade or Gottmik he's like you know a, a more feminine guy you know maybe a more stereotypical gay guy <laughs> I don't yeah, know if yeah. you want to say that way yeah, you can. Some people say like stereotypes are stereotypes for a reason, but I disagree with that. Um, I think it's just boxes people try to force you in. So like we've learned a lot from Gottmik is um, them trying to find that balance because of the stereotypes. Like, oh no, I'm going to be this kind of gay. I could never. But um, of course, we're happy to see that that's not the case with Cade. Yeah, I'm just I, um... super. Oh, I'm sorry. I was I'm sorry, go ahead. (laughs) I guess we can cut that part out. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, like, I'm super proud of, like, having Gottmik on this season because I just feel like Gottmik has such an amazing story and to learn kind of about just the fact that, like, being trans and, like, femme at the same time, like, it's such, like, like, I just think, like, growing up gay and having to deal with, like, being like somewhat femme like how difficult that is but to also be trans like is a whole nother added level and it just it gave me like even just a learning opportunity about the trans community and I Mm -hmm. it just gave me an opportunity to learn more about like how difficult that would have to be and just I don't know it made me think and I I was just really glad that Gottmik was on this season yeah, I was gonna add that. Um, a, I mean, Gottmik is providing trans representation from a very authentic point of view that I don't really see any television shows doing right now. I mean, except for Pose, but that's kind of a very different scenario. Um, 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, looking back on it, only within the last few years have like trans people not been a punchline on television. Like yeah. we finally progressed from like the friends making fun of like a dude in a dress and a wig to, oh, trans people also get to be human. And oh, they also get to have more than like one line or be on like a very special episode kind of deal. Right. So I, yeah, I mean, it's already kind of, it's hard enough for gay people to find good representation, but you know, it's even more difficult for trans people. There's even yeah. far less. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Definitely. Uh, well, let's go ahead and take a quick little break here. And when we come back, we'll talk about the runway. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to our podcast so far. Thanks for coming. Right now, we're probably refilling our drinks or maybe even gluing down our lashes again. While you wait, here's some things that you should check out. Yeah, remember, everyone, you can email us tfcpod at gmail.com and um, tfcpod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Oh, and one more thing. You're not my real dad, and you never will be. Anyways, back to the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back, back, back again to our Honest Tea Spill of the Week, where, of course, we are recapping the runway. This week, the category is Hold Pocket. Yes, pockets. I love a hoot pocket. <laughs> yes, honey. Like, make it pepperoni, but chic. <laughs> I was always a ham and cheese kind of girl growing up. Mm, yeah, you are that girl. I knew you were. <laughs> Doesn't that make a good drag name, pepperoni? I could Ooh, see this. This oh, could be a thing. Yes. I like it. Like Peppa Pig? Yeah, <laughs> that's yes. genius. Pepperoni. Someone take yes. that drag name. Credit will. <laughs> yeah i better get royalties from this yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh uh well before we talk about the runway we have to discuss how fabulous cynthia arrivo looked on the guest panel i was loving this look i was just all here for it just you know that skin was moisturized just perfectly i loved a little pop of blonde i i'm a fan of very short cuts and when they're on darker skin with that bright platinum like pop of color i just that's what i always wanted and could never achieve (laughs) and i love accessories of course yeah she was beautiful i'm glad that we had a guest judge like a new guest judge yeah i was wondering if they made her quarantine just for that one episode or like oh they just fly her Mm -hmm. in under the radar (laughs) yeah oh yeah we need some inside scoop on that uh, I adore Cynthia Erivo. Um, I don't know if you all ever watched the um, the HBO show The Outsider. Uh, it, it was based on a Stephen King book. She, the show itself was very boring. She was the best part of it. Um, Broadway icon. <laughs> um, I, I really wanted to bring to attention for everyone listening um, that Cynthia Erivo, a few years ago, she and another Broadway legend, Shoshana Bean, they did a music video covering I Did Something Bad by Taylor Swift. And you need you need to pause this podcast and watch this video because it will give you life. It will add more years yeah. onto your lifespan. <laughs> yes, Will shared this with us and we watched before we hit record. And it's um, impactful is the word I like using, just the way they perform the song in the video. And of course, the vocals. I just live for a good vocal. 
I'm a show tune kind of gal, so I love these voices. And there was like live strings, which is always good. And I don't know, these were just some bad bitches. I loved everything about it. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. And just such like a kind spirit. You can tell that she's just like someone that's fun to hang out with. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I have seen the movie Harriet and I really enjoyed her in that as well. I just figured I would say that she was like, I mean, I was just completely blown away with her acting in that movie. Very talented individual. But I, I have to say, Simone was pretty up there in terms of historically accurate depictions of Harriet Tubman. <laughs> like, I, That's I, true. I can't compare the two, but I think I'm going to, you know, like Simone, Simone is <laughs> up there for me. <laughs> I was living for that performance. <laughs> yes, girl. All right. So let's go ahead and talk about the runway, starting with Simone this is very cool I thought it was kind of like it was punk rock but it was kind of more of the soft side of punk rock like I'm not gonna get too dirty tonight but I still need to bring a fierce look to the stage I liked how the zipper came down I thought that part was placed very well just another creative look like we're not trying to say Simone is like just a look queen she can serve these looks like where their mind goes her Gigi that whole house with fashion it's very like forward thinking in my opinion yes I love this look but more importantly I love the story behind the look I loved her talking about like it she, it was kind of an ode to like her like punk friends in high school that just like let her be like who she wanted yes. to be and gay Reggie that, yes gay Reggie I just love that story so <laughs> Anytime the queens can come out there with serving a look and then also have like a personal connection to it, it's just so much better. Mm-hmm. Yes. I adored it. It was avant-garde. It was weird. It was also very flattering. Um, it looked good on her. And I, I desperately wanted to know where she got that massive zipper. Yes. Like that zipper tag. <laughs> I want one. <laughs> I, I would can, love it. <laughs> if someone could send me a link to like, bigzippersforqueens.com like just hit me up on Instagram yes girl I love this because when I think of like um those sort of like paramore you know type scene it's like you know girls guys it's all in denim jeans and so mm-hmm. I thought that the hair made really made sense with the look she was wearing yes. and um actually Gigi made that wig for her styled that wig for her oh work Aww. so I I was really into it I you know brought me back to my younger days when I was listening to like Paramore and stuff <laughs> I still listen to Paramore pretty regularly I love Haley Williams voice so I love that Queen Simone is referencing her as well Yes. Next, we have Olivia Lux. Do you think this was a pocket look or not a pocket look? (laughs) I have mixed feelings because all of the girls or obviously all the people who love to wear dresses love a dress with pockets. We love a dress with pockets because I feel like in, you know, traditional and quotes, you know, ladies fashion, there was never a place for them to put their things. So all of my um, good Judies who love gowns and dresses love a pocket. So was it pocket enough for the runway? Probably not, but I still think she looked really fierce. Yeah, I I liked it. I don't know. I thought it was a really good look. Olivia looked beautiful and it was a, it was a pocket. So like, get the hell out of here. <laughs> like, just stop Michelle or whoever said that. <laughs> 
we, yeah, we don't need we don't need Michelle to be gatekeeping pockets from us. Okay, oh, yeah. that's the last thing we need. <laughs> that does sound like something Michelle would do, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no, I thought this dress was a beautiful dress. But as far as like pockets and and the other looks we saw on the runway, it was like maybe. I don't know. It looked like maybe it was just like a dress that was supposed to be like about bow ties. And then she was like, oh, this is going to be pockets. So I'm going to put my hands like they are in pockets. I don't know. It just, I didn't I feel strongly she, for the category. Yeah. I get what she was trying to accomplish. Um, the pockets are kind of supposed to be the hips and the shape, but it just didn't go far enough. All right. Next up, we have another questionable pocket look Candy Muse. <laughs> Oh, child. Um, uh, I think this is what Lala Ray wanted to do with those gift bags. <laughs> wow, never forget. <laughs> but I was just, uh, you just know it's a bad look. You feel bad for the queens when you just know it's like a mess of an outfit. So I was kind of cringing at this whole moment. Yeah, I don't know what was going on like i hope there's like a backstory as to why she was wearing this like maybe something <laughs> happened where she just had to like put this together real quick but like i don't know like this is another like uh bad runway look from candy and here we are <laughs> in the top five it's like that meme that's going around on twitter right now like season 13 is fashion and it's like la la re and like a bunch of candy looks <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was i mean like uh, like props to her for like making like making this look and really trying to make something really elaborate i think yes just when it comes to technical details i mean the the silhouette didn't have much definition it was just kind of like laying on her rather than having like a distinct shape yes um so it just like conceptually, I was I was into the idea, but it just it needed to be exaggerated a whole lot more. Yeah, it it was um, needing some editing for sure, and I give her props for taking the risk. It just did not come together. Yeah, because like when she first came out, I like I think I was like, oh, I think I actually like this look, and then like as I looked at it more, I was like, I don't know, this is kind of weird. <laughs> so it's like it's like I wanted to like the look, but then yeah. I couldn't, and and that Karen Bob. <laughs> <laughs> that's the karen bob that gives me like um i can't be racist my husband's black very very that <laughs> yes. but this look could have worked if um the pockets weren't so like crazily patterned like i love playing with patterns but if they the pockets were more pronounced i think she might have been able to get away with this look you know, this actually kind of reminds me of um, Simone's look with the Polaroids, but like her outfit was better. <laughs> <laughs> Except actually good. <laughs> well, and yeah, I mean, also, yeah, Simone also didn't wear it down a runway because she probably knew, okay, this is like perfect for an entrance look, but not like final not five the runway. runway. Yeah, and then like on the runway too, Candy was like, "I just don't feel beautiful in it." And yeah, and, and like agreeing with the judges, I'm like, "This is the pocket look you brought. You brought like, why yeah. didn't you bring a better look then? If why, you didn't, <laughs> why would you go look, out girl? on the runway? Like, why would you go out on the runway with something that you you don't feel good in? And this is clearly ah. the outfit she brought for pocket. So like, 
I well, know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I hope there's a backstory. Like, I didn't, I don't follow Candy on Twitter, I don't think. So I don't really know what she's saying, but like, <laughs> you definitely don't. Um, yeah. Cause you know, like sometimes they're like, oh, well, this happened. So I had to wear this. Like, that's mm. what I'm hoping happened with this. Okay. Like a last minute kind of switcheroo. Yeah. yeah. One thing I will say about her, um, look that I did like was her face beat because I thought it was really interesting the way that she painted the, um, green in I guess orangish colors like around her eyebrows. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was just really interesting to me the way that that was painted on. And then the, I think there was a little uh, like line around her mouth or something. Like it looked like almost like there was paint on her of sorts. Yeah, I didn't mind the face beat at all. Um, I did feel for her, but at the same time, I'm kind of just like, you could make an outfit too. <laughs> If you don't yeah, like it, they had that change. whole wall from fabric.com. Yes, that whole that whole situation over there that could help. Um, or even just to do a quick tailoring moment, make quick changes for the things that you don't like about the garment. It was just a missed opportunity, Candy. Let's go ahead and move on to Rose. I live, I love, I love the 60s, like Rosé, that's my favorite, like, fashion kind of era. Um, I was living for every moment of this. I love that it was black and white, and the reveal was very smart, in my opinion. It was simple, and it was giving you a lot without being too much. Yeah, I also really liked it as well. I love that era, you know, like the 60s mod look, so I thought it was really cool. Um, really good idea just with like the pockets and the reveal and all that so yeah I thought I mean Rosé is like killing it lately so I've never I've not been a huge fan of Rosé this season but the last like I don't know four or five weeks she's really been on it I agree this look was everything you know I'm, I'm just gonna heap on more praise I also liked that like the the jacket she tore away to reveal the actual outfit, like that jacket looked amazing too. I feel like a lot of queens, if they have a reveal, like they won't put much into like the outer garment because they know yes. it's just gonna come off anyway. Mm-hmm. But no, she took the time to like put some effort into it. So props to her. Yes, you're exactly um, right. Like I hate that more than anything when the queen walks out and they're just like wearing like a black trash bag over everything <laughs> or a cape. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, it's like she put some fucking effort into like the the thing that she was walking out in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my favorite part was when the judges were like, oh, my gosh, we love your outfit. It shows so much of your shape. And I'm like, what? <laughs> a triangle? <laughs> it's a triangle, girl. Well, that's There's no the, shape. That's the sad part of like Rose's fashion journey. It's like <laughs> she likes to put tool and box herself out. So they're like, oh my God, a triangle. Yeah. This looks uh, fabulous. I mean, <laughs> I will say that's my been my criticism of Rose this season. It's like she hasn't had shape and like it's always just been like weird with the tooling and stuff, but like I don't know. They're like, there's still no shape. She's a fucking triangle. So like, I don't know what you're (laughs) talking about. Except she won this time because it was an era specific (laughs) shape of the garment. So it worked that way. It was very baby doll, baby doll mod. I'm not sure if that wig belonged in a mod look, but it wasn't horrible. (laughs) She was giving you a go-go dancer for sure. Like one of the sour grape girls. Yeah, girl. Don't you want a Fanta? <laughs> uh and last but not least is got mick anybody want a sundial 
this is my favorite yeah i really liked this um because at first i thought it was like i was like oh like pocket watches but i guess that's not really what it was it was more like the flash like she was saying it came from a like hercules, hercules. the movie or something which i think i've only saw that movie like once so i don't remember all that but i don't know i thought it was really good like got always like to have like a bunch of watches just as your like entire outfit that's pretty awesome. And then it's like pocket watch. So just, you know, taking the category that much farther and making yourself stand out in such a fabulous way. Like she looked great. Um, we got, got mixed signature makeup a little bit. And it wasn't, it, again, like Rosé, it was like a lot, but it wasn't giving you too much. It told a story. It took you there. Because I immediately thought when I saw this, like, oh, pocket watch. It's because my dad's obsessed with them. But it's like I get it. It's just fabulous. I, yeah, it was it was fantastic, hands down. I just I kept wanting her to just stay still so I could look at all of the detail. Like, yes. how the, did did she like glue all these watches on? How many watches did she actually have on that garment? Like, right. I was just so deeply fascinated by it. I really wanted one of those 360 spin moments that they do at all the award shows now. Like, I needed that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 Yes, girl. Yes. Great look. I, I, yeah, I can't say anything bad about this look, of course. Um, so at the end of this episode, Rosé wins the challenge. So congratulations to her. Well-deserved, Rosé. You were the best in the acting challenge and you brought it with the look tonight. Yeah, I think there could have been like, a, um, I think we could also make a case for Got Mick winning this week. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I agree. I I I was fine with Rose winning, but yeah, Got Mick also had a very good week. We I feel like they a... kind of like un- I feel like she's like the underdog. Like they don't really like sell her as much as the other queens. Right. We had a moment with Got Mick watching um them on this runway in particular because it was just like, wow, this queen could win. I want this queen to win. There's just like so much growth over the season and the personal story. And she's been on her come up too. Like it's the end of the competition. Some of the queens start to do really well in the end. And Gottmik is definitely in that, in that category with Rosé. Yeah. I mean, I'll be like totally honest. Like this always happens to me during RuPaul seasons, but there's a moment where something hits me and I'm like, this person is the winner. And like, for me, this episode, it hit me. I'm like, I, I want Gottmik to win the season. Like I am full on like Gottmik needs to win. Like that's who I'm rooting for. It needs to happen. <laughs> and clearly they were the top two based on the judging. Yeah, definitely. And I'm not mad that Rose won, but I just, mm-hmm. I don't know. Rose is just like one. I don't know. Let Gottmik have another <laughs> one. <laughs> Um, but then we have Candy and Olivia in the bottom two, which I definitely agree with. Yeah, there's no get, there's no getting away from this one. Yeah, I know we got to talk about it. Um, I, I think I echo Stoney's sentiments when I said that personally, Olivia won this lip sync, but they had to push Candy to the finale. Y'all have heard everything I've had to say about Candy. I don't dislike her. Um, a couple episodes back, I said if I were a contestant, I would want to make sure that I got to the end based on my performance and what I've brought to the show. And 
I don't know if it was editing during the slip sync, but all I saw was a lot of arms and heads being thrown back with candy and Olivia was looking fierce and giving you full performance. And they were just like, yeah, no, we're taking candy. Bye. Girl, this was like all editing. Like, honestly, I feel like I've learned so much from Seth, like from this podcast, because this was the first time where I, I was watching, like, so when they like focus on Candy doing something outlandish, I would kept my eye on Olivia the entire time. And Olivia was serving this lip sync the entire time. She was so amazing. And they kept cutting to Candy doing like something stupid and then cut to Rue laughing. <laughs> and it was like, okay, like that was like, like they were so forcing like the, these comedic moments with Rue. And like, if you actually watched Olivia during this entire time, she slayed that lip sync. Candy did not. Candy, she threw some glitter in the air and she pointed like Joe Black from UK a couple times at people. And that's all she did. Like, <laughs> like, Olivia won the lip sync. You can't tell me otherwise. She won the freaking lip sync. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, uh, I agree. I can see it. I mean, Candy was going for this more comedic take of like kind of taking the lyrics and kind of pointing fun at Olivia. But I also, I mean, I wonder it's, if it also just comes down to like how much drama is this queen going to add to like the finale? And like with Olivia Lux, like she's fantastic. But I think in the producer's eyes, she wasn't going to add as much drama or conflict um, mm -hmm. and wouldn't have made as much, it, I mean, it would have just been a little like safe and pleasant and that wasn't really what they wanted um, in the final episode. So I, I agree, but I, unfortunately there's some, some producer shenanigans involved. Totally. Oh, yeah. They forget too that like these girls become friends over this entire course of filming. All these Queens get really close so candy muses or not, there's going to be drama in the end when it's like, oh shit, this is it. Like it's me or you. <laughs> well, and yeah, and I agree with you, Will. Like I, I think if they put, like I see why they put candy in the top four, right? Like if you put Olivia in the top, like she's not going to provide as much drama. She really probably is not going to win, honestly. With candy in there, she is a little bit of an X factor. So it makes you like kind of wonder so I don't know. I see why they put her in there. But like, if we're just talking about the actual lip sync itself, I'm just kind of like, she didn't win it. So definitely not. Um, also, let's go ahead and move into Untucked for a quick few points here. Uh, in Untucked, Olivia says that she's getting frustrated that they don't think she knows who she is. And she says she's evolving. And then Rosé says she thinks that you know you shouldn't be exploring who you are on drag race and i'm like i don't know if i agree with that i did a lot of thinking about that because it's like okay she's saying good things rose but also at the same time you're all on this show doing something new um exploring doing all of these different kinds of challenges figuring out your drag i olivia knows who they are i just think that she struggles with kind of pushing it and really solidifying that character well and like what rose said goes against everything that we've learned about rupaul's drag race which is like they want people like queens to come on the show and like learn about themselves and grow and become a better like person and like rose is like actually you shouldn't go on the show to do any of that <laughs> stoney's brought the invoices today he's reading y'all all the receipts and facts 
I I agree. Like change and growth is inevitable on this like life altering reality show. I mean, Rose has changed since the very beginning of the season. So I I definitely agree with that. Um, I think it's it's one thing to kind of have like a personal brand more solidified, which I I don't know how many queens actually do at the start of a show, but like yeah, I just don't don't fight change necessarily if it's if that something is going to happen. Right. And and I just really admire Olivia, too, because this is for the second time they're on the runway and everybody says that she should be the one to go home. <laughs> and she's just like so calm about it. They want to see Olivia fight for herself. But at the end of the day, like RuPaul's Drag Race included, there are some people out there who maybe for a good reason, they just don't like to make waves or it's just not their personality. Like you can't tell a person to just, well, why aren't you so mad? I'd be so mad. Well, I'm not you, Candy. I'm not going to question everybody in the room and then scream at them. <laughs> right. That's, that's not who I am. So like they kind of have to stop pushing at some point and just kind of see if she can, we're here for drag. See if we can elevate her drag. If she elevates her drag and grows this Olivia Lux character and persona, like, Y'all just want to see Olivia scream and then, oh, maybe you would have kept her around. That's not adding up to me. I, uh, I agree. And I, I always get a little frustrated when Rue asks this question at the end of the season. I mean, it's clearly, it's for the drama. It doesn't necessarily like help anything. And oftentimes it doesn't even create like that much drama. Mm -hmm. I just, I wish that the Queens would have more fun with it. Like I would have loved for RuPaul to say like, like I don't know like Candy Muse who do you think should go home tonight and she just stares RuPaul dead in the eye and says you <laughs> like or something <laughs> like that you know just yes. really off the wall like it yeah it doesn't have any weight to it necessarily so just have fun yeah, yeah. and you know this question's coming so don't take it personally we're all here you know applying for the same job only one of us can get it. There's only one position, sis. Right, and it's so easy when you can just say candy. Like, <laughs> candy's right there, so. Well, that yeah. unfortunately was, like, the nail on the head because, yeah, you do have to, like, fight for yourself, but Olivia, she doesn't like to make waves, but there's, like, a nice Olivia Lux kind of way to say, like, it's this person, but kind of her showing an unwillingness to say someone's name you know RuPaul doesn't like that so that was kind of the nail in the coffin but I did like to see that video message from Olivia's mom and grandmother because like you can totally tell where her drag character comes from oh yes 120 <laughs> percent I yeah I love that part of it where it's like you basically just created your drag character from your family <laughs> Which they've said before, but now we're getting to see it like for ourselves. <laughs> uh, I can definitely see a family resemblance. And speaking of Lux, like Olivia's mom and grandma look stunning. Right. Like, I was, I was, my mouth was hanging open while I was watching this. Like oh, these are some gorgeous human beings. Yes. That's the word I would use. They're sitting yes. there like gorgeous and unbothered. <laughs> Because, like, sometimes the family members come on and they look kind of busted. But, like, <laughs> not oh, this shit. time. Like, Olivia's mom and grandma, like, they were like, bitch, like, we got the hair person. We got the makeup artist coming over. Like, we have a stylist. <laughs> look, you're not going to see any family um, of Olivia Lux, probably, without a full beat and a nice laid wig on, okay? 
definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> We're serving and, style, honey. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, last but not least, we should probably discuss Candy Muse's panic attack right before the lip sync. That's what I would call it. Like, I actually had dipped out and I hopped on the phone with my siblings um, really quick. So I didn't see this, <laughs> but Stoney was filling me in and I was like, it sounds like she was just having a panic attack. Yeah. I was like trying not to hate watch. This. <laughs> I don't want to say that because it's like, like, I don't want to like, um, what's the word? I don't want to like downplay, downplay or, um, you know like her Rush anxiety attack because that is a real thing so i don't want to say it was for for tv or whatever but it did seem like she was just really freaking the hell out about going home like so i don't i felt bad for her in that aspect yeah i mean panic attacks are all for awful for anyone i think it also kind of gave some more context to her kind of narrative arc for the episode like okay maybe she also won the lip sync because it's kind of this like underdog moment like she's fighting against her own anxiety to kind of like push through and like deliver a performance um mm-hmm. but I also I really wanted to know more about whoever this onset medic is for drag race like What's what's a day in the life of what's the their dra- official drag race medic like, you know? <laughs> Passing it's, out band-aids for when the heels are rubbing too much on the feet. <laughs> something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I felt um I did feel bad for for Candy and um you know, I could totally re- I I feel like this not was I I enjoyed seeing this in the fact that um it made candy more human to me yeah so i and, and you know like i've had panic attacks and stuff before so i it was really easy for me to relate to her in that aspect and like i i don't know i mean there's really no way to fake like that like high of blood pressure <laughs> yeah like mm-hmm. 188 over 111 is like you're about to die like so (laughs) like it was not good it was like clear like she was like freaking the fuck out that's a great point because people forget that these are just everyday people on a tv show and it's nice to kind of see the human side of anyone whatever that looks like but also this is bringing awareness too it's like hey we need to just chill out these people are going through real feelings and emotions on this show I mean, the show is a pressure cooker. So, I mean, it is like one of those things that just these queens really get in their heads. I mean, look at like Simone, like crying over like the fact that she's dominated the season. <laughs> it's like sometimes you just like have these feelings that aren't really like, like aren't true. Right. But like you get in your head about things and it's just it's easy to just like flip out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's lots of pressure on you, you know, to do well. So I I understand her having the panic attack for sure. Like kind of what Simone said, it's like, I totally understand what candy, why candy would have this panic attack. Um, All right, let's go ahead and move on into our fantasy league. Stoney, would you like to tell us where we're all standing here? (laughs) Yes. So I'm still in last place. (laughs) Good job, girl. (laughs) With 245 points. You did it. Um, Seth is way ahead of me um, at 345 points. Yes, bitch. And then Jamal is slightly ahead in first place with 370 points. I Don't call it a comeback, girls. I'm coming for you. I see the gap closing. I'm sweating over here. And Better I did, watch out. I did hold off on 
giving any points for the top like four or three because I'm assuming it's going to be like a top three um but or somebody will get um Ellie Diamond Ellie Diamond or <laughs> um, you know or Roxied at the end so I'm just gonna yeah on that to see who makes top three or if there really is a top four fair, okay fair we'll see how it goes Oh, man. Well, another episode in the books. I have to ask, Will, who do you think, like, not who do you want, who do you think is going to win this season? Oh, wow. Okay. Um. I, well, who do I think and who do I want? I feel like it's kind of the same person. I've been rooting for Gottmik since day one. I think that Gottmik has also gotten a pretty favorable edit and, like, critiques overall. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think it's also, like, in the show's benefit to be like giving a such a huge platform to like a trans dude and really like allowing them to like have this impactful message. Um, mm-hmm. So I hope it's Scott Mick. I mean, honestly, like, Ro- like Rose and Simone, I think those three would be, that's my ideal top three. I think any of them would honestly do fantastic things with the prize money and the official yeah. title. Um, I just, I'm bracing myself for whatever this like, uh, like this like cover of the RuPaul song is going to be next week. Like it's I, I from the preview I watched, it seems like the Queens are going to be like writing their own verses to another RuPaul single. And I mean, it's definitely not going to be anywhere close to read you wrote you, but hopefully we're not <laughs> as bad as like the slow soft rock super queen from all stars four. That <laughs> super was queen. Uh... Oh, that was tedious. <laughs> super queen. <laughs> I, I agree She's with Will. Super queen. Oh, great. Now he's going to be singing this one. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, I agree with you. Will. like <laughs> he's already, okay. He's on a roll now. Um, that's my ideal top three too. I think anybody would be a great winner of those three. I feel like I want it to be Got Mick and I feel like it will be Got Mick. Of course, I'd love to see Simone up there, but Got Mick has just proven themselves and has been pushing it and pushing it and doing continually better. Yes, girl. I'm basically team anybody but Candy, so. (laughs) RuPaul's Drag Race, so, like, I'm pretty sure everyone would stop if Candy won somehow. I mean, there are definitely Candy stands out there. Don't get me wrong, but a lot of people are, like, not based on this judging girl this whole season. I mean, she was already, like, eliminated, like, halfway through the competition. So, like, I'd really like to have to just, you know, have push her to the end of the into the show and then have her win. Like, that just seems like a real stretch. And this is this is honestly the first time where I legit feel like someone was pushed to the end. Like other times you were like kind of questionable, like, oh, I don't really understand why this person's here. But you can kind of like see it like. But this is the first time where I'm like, legit, they pushed her into the end. Like, you can't deny it. Like, she they pushed her into the end. It's pretty. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um. Do you have any parting words before we leave? Well, is there anything you'd like to promote or anything you'd like to say? Yes. Oh my gosh. Um. I so many things. I'm so on the spot here. Um. Well, first <laughs> off, um, if you enjoyed me on this podcast episode, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at the Will Jameson, and that is J A M I S O N. I can see Seth doing motions. <laughs> <laughs> like 
while I'm while I'm like spelling that out. But um, yeah, you can find my work also at willjamesonart.com. I'm always available for any freelance illustration or comics opportunities. Um, yeah, I don't know. Be kind to everyone. Like, oh my God, the news is a nightmare now. <laughs> Matt Gates is allowed to go in public. Like, yeah. all of these like anti-Asian hate crimes are happening. And like, my God, just just treat people like human beings, even if they're yeah. completely different from you. That's right. Oh my gosh. Mind your business and be nice people. Maybe learn about each other too. That'd be a good start. Yes, girl. Go big. Be nice. Go West or whatever. <laughs> that was, was that Nina West's full slogan? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they edit that out on the show, huh? I'm ready the for her just like be our queen or something and just go around and you can yeah. like, be nice to everyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Love I will her. say on like a final note for Drag Race, I noticed that Olivia, was this the first time that she was kind of using like live as a pun? Like go out and live or live free or I, what did she say exactly? She's like, you're going to live or something like that. <laughs> and she was walking out and I was like, okay, this is the new t-shirt slogan. Like I can just see it now. <laughs> oh, yeah, because yeah. that's like her slogan from her soda pop commercial. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So she's definitely branding it. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's got these cute little keychains, too, that I'm kind of tempted to buy. They're a yellow and red mini purse, the keychains. On each one, Ooh. it says live, and the other one says Lux. I do like the mini purse. That's cool. Yeah, she did walk out with her mini purse, too. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yes, girl. Well, thanks so much for being on the show, Will. We had so much fun with you again, as always. Well, thank you for having me again. Um, and I will proudly own up to being a fugly slut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make sure to head over to Will's Instagram and Twitter and call them a fugly slut. <laughs> <laughs> no OnlyFans yet, but I don't know. Maybe if there's enough audience demand, I might possibly sort of consider it <laughs> yes, yes support queer artists <laughs> offer cotmc pod for 10 percent off wills only fans yeah i feel okay i feel like if i were to do an only fans it would literally just be me like uh, like on a zoom call setup just like giving you positive affirmations like i that's just yeah. me you know i, I mean, i'm not gonna strip look the world could use that there's a fetish for everything so i'm sure somebody <laughs> would be into it yeah maybe you can do get into one of the ones where you like bounce on the balloons and stuff <laughs> gotta make a side hustle somehow <laughs> we love a side hustle there you yes. go all right, you all, it's been another fun week over here. Uh, thanks for coming to the Most Magically Gay podcast. We will be back next week, of course, with more Drag Race finale, top four, whatever is happening next week. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, until then, bye. 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 <gasps> I'm acting. <laughs> <laughs> and that is called acting, honey. Yes. <laughs>